the pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. This portion of our program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Remember, if you're ever in an accident with all the snow and ice and water, a lot of accidents around, did someone hit your vehicle? Do you need to get it repaired? Call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340. If you're ever in an accident, Call West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. It's West Fountain Auto Body. They're going to work for you, not the insurance company. They'll handle everything for you. If you're ever in an accident or a member of your family, call West Fountain Auto Body. Let's get it repaired. 400 West Fountain Street in Providence, right off 95 behind the Providence Public Safety Complex. West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. It's John DePietro on this Wednesday. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. Her nomination for uh, Commerce Secretary has passed out of the committee. The next step will be when will it hit the full Senate? But it has passed, got out of committee. Senator Ted Cruz, Governor uh, Senator Scott of Florida, one of the Republicans voted against her, at least a couple of Republicans, but now it heads to the floor of the Senate. As we've been saying, there's no reason to believe that it is not going to be confirmed tonight. Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo will give what is expected to be her final state of the state. Now, the question is, when does it hit the floor of the Senate? It needs to hit the floor of the Senate. It needs to get through. Keep in mind, it did basically sail through committee. She got either 21 or 22 votes uh, now out of 24. Now, she just needs 51 votes. So it's going to happen. The question is just, when is it going to happen? The Raimondo people would like to have this happen as soon as possible. And, and the Biden people. I mean, she is going to be... Secretary of Commerce for President Biden reporting to the President of the United States. And then uh, once it flies through, gets through the Senate, uh, much like Mayor Pete did, it'll then, she will be sworn in by the Vice President Kamala Harris and Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. I believe once she is sworn in, her resignation will then take effect as far as Governor Rhode Island, and we will have incoming Governor McKee. So again, on this Wednesday, tonight, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, her final state of the state, even though it is odd, she's leaving, won't really mean anything. It's really uh, incoming Governor McKee that's going to have to take over. Now, if Gina Raimondo, if in fact they don't pass it this week, she's still the governor. She's still in charge. It seems like they're starting to give some power over to incoming Governor McKee. But, you know, the impeachment hearing of President Trump at the Senate is set to take place on Monday. And who knows how that's going to go. So now we are hearing at some point the month of February, the ideal world for them and really for everyone involved would be in fact that Governor Raimondo, that uh, she's, it gets to the floor for the, the full Senate vote. If not, then the state could be in uh, a state of limbo for a while. Now, in the meantime, I want to touch on a story and we're going to talk about it a little bit later. And I want to give credit to um, the name of it. It's Laura Loomer, Loomerd, exclusive Black Lives Matter activist who is now a Rhode Island state senator and may have fraudulently assumed office. Now, I don't this is still kind of trickling out a little bit, but there's a new freshman state senator, Tierra Mack, who's a big BL, Black Lives Matter activist. But the question they bring up is, is she a legal resident of Rhode Island? Now, the state Senate, Rhode Island State Senate, they're not meeting at the State House. They're meeting at Rhode Island College. So when she was over at Rhode Island College, apparently she got into an accident. Now, I've heard, I've heard it was a hit and run. She hit a car belonging to, I think, the assistant of a senator and then just tried to walk in as though nothing had happened. But they know who did it, was involved in the traffic accident. According to the uh, police records, she has a driver's license still registered South Carolina. The vehicle she was driving, now this is a new state senator, the, the vehicle she was driving lacked valid registration but had Rhode Island plates. So it's an unregistered car with Rhode Island plates. They towed the car 
So now they're starting to question. She also apparently doesn't have a Rhode Island ID. Now, she moved to Rhode Island. She went to Brown, graduated in 2016. So she's been here for eight years, got her a master's of education degree at Boston University, 2016-2018. And she's now the Planned Parenthood of, uh, works for youth organizing specialists, Planned Parenthood of Southern New England. Now, she lives on Camp Street in Providence. But she still has a South Carolina license. And according to Rhode Island law, now this is all still being filtered out, but they're trying to say that basically, is she really a Rhode Island resident? According to this story, any person, you, you have six months prior to, to voting that you have to prove that you are a Rhode Island resident. But she still has a South Carolina driver's license. She doesn't have a Rhode Island driver's license. So a lot of things is, number one, how did she register to vote if, in fact, she doesn't have a Rhode Island ID? Number two, how did she register to run for office without a Rhode Island ID? So this is very odd, and, and it's all still evolving. I know a lot of people are looking into this. The Rhode Island Republican Party is looking into it. The police report clearly has a date of January 19th which means she would be in violation of Rhode Island election laws and driver's laws. And then there's also this business saying that how long has she really been a Rhode Island resident? So, and can she hold office? But I think what's what's equally important is a state senator riding around in an unregistered vehicle. So this story kind of came down, it, it came down late yesterday. If you haven't seen it, I have it up on the website to petro.com and you can read about it. And I have a link to the original story. So now I don't, we don't know yet, but within this story about her, they're saying that she basically can't hold office in Rhode Island because she's not technically a registered Rhode Island resident. And they argue that she's fraudulently holding office now i'm not prepared to go that far just yet but there's definitely some questions that need to be answered here uh and also beginning with why is someone riding around in an unregistered car vehicle as you know they get those uh special rhode island state license plates now i'm not positive that she got those yet but uh why is a state senator newly elected senator but riding around in an unregistered vehicle with Rhode Island plates. What happened with that? Why is she in an unregistered car? Why does she have a South Carolina license? And how did she do all of these things without a valid Rhode Island ID? So her name is Tiara Mack. She is a new Rhode Island state senator. This story is just developing. We're obviously going to follow up on it. But she is, uh, again, a state senator now. But the whole story is... Um, is uh, very unusual. And then, interesting enough, broken by an out-of-state news source. Uh, I do know of at least one or two members of the local media that knew about this story and then chose not to do anything about it, which I think is interesting. This is also the individual that in the very um, end of last year, late last week of December, early part of January, uh, was making big deal about Channel 10, going after Channel 10, because they were commenting on, uh, you know, she uh, posted that she's not going to the table at the state house. She's bringing the table, and it was described on Channel Ten. Now it was described as she had a fierce pose about her, and she took exception to that. And people were saying that it was being racist because she is a, a woman of color, and she's also uh, transgender, I believe, or I'm not sure, but she has that on her profile. And she's also a Black Lives Matter activist. And so um, it, it would seem, though, that certain members of the media are kind of avoiding the story because they're afraid to be dragged in. If you haven't seen it, I have a link to the original story, and then I have some uh, uh, documents as well. It's all on the website, depetro.com. So now remember, depetro.com, log on, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And depetro.com is brought to you by Allstate Lock locking systems experts in locking systems and building security and security cameras call all state lock today 401-349-0042 and online at allstatelock.com you can link right through right at the website you're listening to the john DePietro show 
Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil, make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401-521-0200. Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery, it's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, it's Henry Oil. Call them 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred. This winter, I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com. To the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Joining me right now, he covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. And, Dan, without question, it is uh, Gina Day in the USA. Huge day and night for Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. Let's set off the latest of what is expected to happen today. Yeah, so so thanks for having me, John. And I think at the you know beginning of the day, we're going to see the Senate Commerce Committee take up um, Governor Raimondo's nomination uh, to to the to be Commerce Secretary. And by all accounts, uh, this seems to be moving along pre- uh, a pretty clear on a pretty clear path. There is some resistance from you know, from House Republicans who don't really have a say. Um, you are seeing a little bit of uh, a handful of Republicans in the Senate kind of raise some questions, certainly Senator Cruz. But when you get to a point of, you know, scheduled for a vote, you very rarely see someone voted down. In fact, in, in the history of the country, only one Commerce Secretary ever has been voted down, and that came in the mm. bit. Um, and so... Uh, it, it's a very rare thing. I mean, usually a president, no matter the president, is going to have these things pretty buttoned up to make sure they've got the votes to get their person across the line. Um, it's interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead. She only needs 51 votes, but this this late surge of House Republicans 
uh, trying to make some waves. I, I don't know if that's just noise or if that actually could be a fact that they want to delay it. Yeah, they want to delay it. I mean, the thing with the with with the Senate is uh, on the Senate side is, of course, because you're 50 50 uh, Democrat and Republican. It, it is not as easy to, um, you know, to jam this thing through. Remember, uh, in theory, I mean, the, the, the chairman of the committee is still currently a Republican because they haven't quite figured out how to, um, you know, how to split power with a 50-50 Senate. Uh, so there, there's always a chance that these things, you know, could fall uh, to, the, to the wayside. But keep in mind, as we talked about last week, I mean, the, the Republican chairman of the committee, uh, Chairman Wicker from Mississippi, you know, literally ended his, his his talk last week by saying, I don't think you're going to be the governor of Rhode Island for much longer. The one thing that has changed since then is uh, there has been a lot of scrutiny on some of Governor Raimondo's comments on uh, on China. Uh, Car- yeah. Carl had a had an editorial or an op-ed <laughs> in the Wall Street Journal. So there, there certainly has been more scrutiny, but you haven't heard any certainly the, the the chairman of the committee haven't heard most republicans say uh they're opposed to this and if you look at the way the other votes have gone for some of these cabinet uh jobs with the exception of one or two you have seen pretty overwhelming support for biden's nominee so that's why i think it will probably go in gina's favor so dan mcgowan it, i uh, your understanding it makes it through the committee then what happens so then it will go to the senate floor but we do not know when that will happen. In fact, right. I think a lot of us were were kind of anticipating that Friday could be the day. Um, I, mm-hmm. I've heard mixed uh, reviews of that. Uh, just, just somebody yesterday said, you know, there's a chance this gets pushed off a little longer. Um, you mm. know, the, the, this trial, the, the impeachment trial is coming. Um, and so it's no guarantee that she, be, uh, that she will be out by, she will be confirmed and then resign very quickly uh, or immediately. Um, by Friday. I do think it, it, it will happen sooner than later, just because I, I think they want to have their cabinet levels kind of picked. And I think the governor uh, over the last week has, uh, and the governor's staff have really begun that the true transition to Dan McKee. You know, I, I'm, I'm told that Dan McKee has, um, you know, started to inform people who's staying, who's going, things like that. And so there is a real now we're starting to see, you know, the, um, the, the, the kind of that true transition. And so if that, if real uncertainty, I, I would doubt that that would be happening. Now, tonight, <clears throat> Wednesday night, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo is set to deliver the state of the state, even though she has one foot out the door. Right. What can you tell us behind the scenes of that, Dan McGowan? Yeah, I mean, they're, what they're trying to do with this, you know, remember, is for people out there who, who, who might not know this directly these state these state of the state addresses uh, uh tend to be you know written by committee it tends to be a lot of people who have their their say on it and they're crafting this one as you know very much a farewell address this is going to be the governor's probably the last time she really speaks to a broad audience in rhode island so i think you're going to see i mean see what you would expect you're going to see a lot of cheerleading for the things that she's gotten done uh, you're probably not going to hear her acknowledge too many uh, flaws. I assume she'll take up uh, COVID and, 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 you know, probably try to uh, maybe, uh, you know, inspire a little bit to say, hey, we've gotten through this. You're near the finish line. Like, you know, I have confidence in McKee to get this kind of over the line. So see um, a lot of that. The, the question that I have is, uh, and I put the, I wrote this in roadmap today, is how much will she directly address the first job? Because I, th- I, right. I think a lot of people don't, you know, unless you were watching the press conference a couple of weeks ago when she, you know, gave a little bit of an acknowledgement of this, um, you you might not quite understand why, you're, why the governor's leaving midterm. And so I, I think mm. she does have to address that to some degree, but, you know, she'll probably... She probably needs the, the Biden people to sign off on that. So I think they're really scrambling. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that the speech is actually finished as you and I talk right now. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And Dan, if in fact, for whatever reason, <clears throat> um, th- this she may not be confirmed by the full Senate this week. That's possible. Now, the impeachment trial is set to start Monday. 
if she's not confirmed by the full Senate this week, making it out of committee, which I agree, I don't see any reason to stop it, that she wouldn't get out of the committee. But how, like, do they have a working idea of worst case scenario as far as Team Vermundo? They don't. They, they've said, they, they do not know that they, they do. I would say they don't think this will go on for another month. Let's say, let's use that as the, you know, they, mm. I think March 1, you will not see this. I think their question is, you know, is how quickly, how quick does the impeachment trial move, right? It, you know, it, it's a strange impeachment, right? It's not, you know, it's not a sitting president. It, there's, uh, it's only the one article. In theory, this, you know, could be a relatively quick trial where, you know, it, it's it's kind of like a extended floor speeches of, you know, insurrection, insurrection, cool. and and then, you know, some version of voter fraud, voter fraud, and and then there's just a vote. And by all accounts, it sounds like it, you know there there probably aren't enough votes to convict the pre, uh, the former president. So, um, it, you know that could go relatively quickly. But what we all want to know is how much business Senate business will get done aside from impeachment, or will it be all impeachment all the time for a couple of days or a couple of weeks? Who knows? Um, and, and then does that really derail all of the nominees who who are still need to get through? Now, Dan McGowan, behind the scenes, uh, as things stand now, I mean, you you talk with with a lot of people. Are you, is there anyone seemingly at this point that could be going to Washington to join Governor Mundo? Should she pass the barriers and get through the confirmation? I process? still have heard nobody uh, in particular, at least nobody of of significance. I think there, I know there are a handful hmm. of people um, in the administration who, in the governor's administration, who. Um, are, you know, let's say on the younger side, right, a, like lower level aides who that job in Washington, you know, would be great on their resume. You pretty much go and do anything down there. Remember, you and I talked about this last week. Another thing people forget is the jobs in many state governments pay a lot better than the federal government. Yeah. So if you are the chief of staff, which I can say for sure, the chief of staff, David Ortiz, is not going to Washington with her. Um, I, I know that I, I know that for a fact. You know, he, he made a lot more money than he would make, you know, oh, you know yeah. giving her uh, advice down in Washington. <clears throat> oh my God. I mean, we're talking probably $90,000 more a year. So uh, a pretty yeah. significant amount. So uh, the, the big question, the, the one that I'm really interested in watching is Secretary Pryor, the, our, our Commerce Secretary. Because remember, he had no ties to Rhode Island coming in. He came here to work for Gina Raimondo. And... Uh, by all accounts, it appears as though he'll be leaving, whether or not that's right away or, you know, March, April, you know, sometime down the line. And uh, she and he and Gina Raimondo and, and Gina's husband are very close. And so you would you would think there was a chance that maybe he would be kind of a, the high profile person. You know, David Ortiz is a, a talented, valuable person to have, but you don't need two chiefs that's of right. staff. That's right. And, and there's a lot of those jobs. John. I mean, the, the, you know, all these people who are the deputies, the lawyers, look, you know, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of mouth to feed in Washington with any new administration. And as we talked about before, you know, there's a lot of staff that's already been hired that she probably didn't have much of a sight over. Yes. Right. The other one I had heard was uh, I heard that she thinks very highly of Department of Labor and Training, Scott Jensen, that that maybe he's someone that would would make the bulk. So, so Scott Jensen, I'm confident will be leaving the the state of Rhode Island. He's from Maryland, uh, came here, another person who yep. came here to work for Governor Raimondo. He is not, from everything I understand, is not joining uh, the, the Biden administration. In fact, uh, I believe he and, uh, very, this is very inside baseball, but the former Democratic Party, National Party Chairman, Tom Perez, uh, it, it, he, yeah. And Tom Perez is expected to run for governor of Maryland. So there's a seamless kind of fit there uh, to work on that campaign. So it looks like it's going to go in that direction, um, not going to work for, for the Biden administration or for Gina Raimondo. Dean McGowan, where does Mike Trainer land? I mean, he, he has been in the trenches with McKee. I, I know right now he's just serving his communication on the transition, but Trainer's been there for McKee. I know he hasn't had maybe the position to give him, but he's got a lot of jobs. Yeah, he, he certainly does. And Mike Trainer is not a household name uh, to a lot of people here, but you and I know him very well because he he's, you're exactly right. He has been kind of the key spokesperson behind the scenes. He's the person that 
give us in the news media talk to about McKee. And he has been with Dan McKee since day one. I mean, I remember when Dan McKee just yep. was was thinking about running for lieutenant governor. Uh, you know, Mike Trainer's been around. And remember, Mike Trainer comes from a long line of, uh, or you know, has been around this, this world for a while. Was very close advisor to Link Chafee, uh, so knows that. Um, he has said that he is not planning to join the administration. Uh, um, so, wow. You know, I'd be surprised if he doesn't have some role because, you, you know, he yeah. is a veteran spokesperson. He's respected by kind of all of us. And so, uh, you know, you would you would think that he would get something. Um, I, I, I guess I should say I, I would venture to guess that this won't be a, a, a situation where uh, if, he, if he wants something, I think he will get it. It won't be oh, there was nothing available for you. It's more of, it's his choice. I, I think that's the way to put it. He put Chafee yeah. in office. I mean, he was, as I was talking about, he was running the campaign. He had a huge uh, back and yes, forth with Cianci. that's right. Uh, because Mike Trainer had a business in Connecticut that didn't go well. But he's been right there every step of the way with um, with Dan McKee. And, and every time, you know, he's there's a talent to what, these people do and i know he's not you're right he's not a household name but just as someone that watches behind the scenes it's crafted a certain way there's a certain authority i i think you find room for a guy like that but we'll see folks quick break hold hold on dan hold that thought i do want to come back to it quick break a lot more dan mcgowan of the boston globe right here on the john DePietro show Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today commercial trailers diesel equipment serving rhode island and massachusetts 508 336-2110, 508-336-2110, 336-2110, 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110, 24 hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Carry Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump. Remember estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts called JKL engineering right now, residential or commercial at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system, what if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. 
7,600. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to pick back up of uh, Dan McKee. Uh, this this is it's a little unfair because he wants to reach out. He wants to start to put his people in. He technically can't yet. You have the Ramundo people that that's they're in a little bit of a tough spot where they're trying to figure out are they staying or going. But follow yeah, up well, about my trainer was and, and, you know for you you nailed it kind of the way you were describing it just a second ago about just he he brings a certain level of kind of professionalism. And, and you've got yes. to remember in the press, people don't love to hear this because, you know, there's always this person that certainly with Governor Raimondo that she, you know, controls the message and all this thing. But that is part of what the politicians do. And there is something to be said about a guy who, my trainer is, is like this, who when he pops in my cell phone and he's calling, I know one, I have to answer Two, like, I better be on my game because he's smart. He's going to know what, you know, he's going to know what he wants to get across to us. And, and those things really yeah. do matter because it, it first of all helps, of course, shape the message of administration more than, you know, when you bring in kind of a, a low level staff, when you bring in sort of the young people that, that tend to want to work in go, go, jobs like the lieutenant governor's office, it's no, you know, it's no disrespect to them. It's just a matter of experience. And oftentimes you kind of don't, you know, I'll give you the example. Lieutenant Governor McKee is somebody who all of us could read cell phone. There's no you know, he, he's not somebody who we've needed to line up an interview with. You just call him. You just text message him. Right. When you're the governor, that usually doesn't happen. And you need someone who can kind of control right. you in that way. Do you think that Lieutenant Governor, incoming Governor McKee, learned that with the whole uh, <laughs> Saturday, come to my house, and then the message, suddenly he's trying to explain why the teachers are not going to be I think he the did. I think first. he learned a hard lesson uh, last week. And I, I think he said this on a Channel 12 interview. He said, you know, the media is the, the thing that he he wasn't necessarily prepared for. And it is, it's, it becomes much more of a problem for folks out there. I mean, you know, this like covering Gina Raimondo. Sure. Does she have a lot of PR people? Does she, does she do a pretty good job kind of crafting her message? Yes. But we, you know, we do grill her constantly, especially really until recently, I mean, Gina Raimondo has six, seven, eight reporters who are constantly, you know, peppering that office with questions and, and, and focusing on her. And suddenly you go from, you know, really, if you're the Cumberland mayor, you have it's not like you have the press hounding you in Cumberland Town Hall. It, you certainly didn't have I mean, most of the press probably couldn't find the lieutenant governor's office in the state house. And now now suddenly you're the star of the show. Um, I think it's a culture shock, if nothing else. Now, folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and Dan, your colleague, James Pendell. He had a good piece of uh, five different unanswered questions, so to speak, in the Boston Globe. And one of them happens to be the situation about uh, the incoming. Yeah, and he, he basically wrote this. And James does a really nice job of kind of summing things up. I think he's one of our best uh, analysts at the Globe and uh, really knows presidential politics. You and I have talked about him before about that. And, you know, his big question about Rhode Island politics is just. Yeah. How does the governor, how does, you know, the new governor come in? And he kind of touched on a lot of things you and I have talked about. There is a real style difference here. And, and I think the truth is, I told him this when, as he was writing it, you know, I think there's a real chance that people actually <clears throat> kind of like uh, the, the, the Dan McKee approach more than the Gina Raimondo approach, right? If you, if you think of Gina Raimondo being kind of bringing in a lot of outsiders and being very top down, um, you know, you, you people may like, the way McKee approaches things, but it will be very different. Um, and it will be very different at a time when kind of competence in government is incredibly important, right? You got it, this vaccine thing figured out. Um, and then everything else can happen, right? Like once you get through this port, this part of the pandemic, and maybe once we can call it, you know, say it's no longer pandemic, um, I, I feel like the rest of it will be, you know, it'll, it'll be politics very quickly, right? It'll be is Dan McKee ready to be a 2022 candidate more so than just, you know, is he a good governor? Now, Dan McGowan, you wrote a great piece uh, as you were sleeping or shoveling snow, the politicians counting their dough. Uh, were you surprised that Mayor Lorza, boy, he's certainly not having a problem Mayor right Lorza now raising money. Quietly the second best fundraiser in the state of Rhode Island behind, <clears throat> uh, behind Gina Raimondo, right? Incredible. Uh, he is, he is a, a fantastic mm. fundraiser. But to your question, I was surprised. I thought 
knowing what I what I was hearing behind the scenes, this quarter, the quarter of October until the end of the year of 2020 is really important in, in political world. And here's why. In Rhode Island, you can only give the maximum donation you can make to an individual. Dan McGowan can only write a thousand dollar check to John DePietro. So you, you if you're running for governor in 2022, yep. you want my thousand dollars in 2020, 2021 and 2022. So that's why there was a big yep. push right. at the end of 2020 to to get all this money. And um, I thought for sure that I had heard that Dan McKee, you know, raised a bunch of money. He he didn't do all that well. Um, I knew everybody else was fundraising, but for Mayor Lord to lead the pack, um, now Treasury Magaziner does have more money in his account, but Mayor Lorza is a ferocious fundraiser. And I've always thought this, you and I have talked about it. People laugh at it. They say, wow, how can that guy, you know, be a serious candidate for governor as a person who will be the most kind of the furthest to the left in that race Jorge Lorza will be a serious candidate for governor. Yeah. Don't underestimate that guy. And you, you also pointed out, I believe on social media that some of the kind of little the back and forth has already started with some people saying oh they he loaned his money the campaign the money yeah not, there's, a, there's a, really raised. finally uh not finally i should say we're already seeing a little bit of friction and a little bit of you know you're already seeing people go through each other's campaign accounts and yeah there was the the mayor's top fundraiser who by the way is brand new and just raised him a hundred and dollars so that was pretty impressive uh you know wow. we took a little bit of a shot suggesting that seth magazine or you know essentially doing the trust fund kid kind of argument at Seth Magaziner, which is one that he's going to have to overcome. So you're already saying it's already kind of frisky. And I think, uh, boy, we're, it's a shadow year. It's a shadow election, right? This, this entire year, John, is there's no one at the end that's going to be on the ballot. This entire year is just going to be fundraising, 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 and then, you know, kind of pot shots at each other behind the scenes. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I just wanted to um, a final thought on Governor Raimondo, and that is that I, I have to admit, I, I you know, we've used to we heard the phrase Trump derangement syndrome. I, I don't understand um, just this this reaction people have to someone who she is very talented. She works very hard um, and, and just maybe you sense the same. I, I just people just for whatever reason, it's it's not her imagination. There's these like her yeah and it, i think what would probably what she would say she struggles with the most is it, both sides right it's it's you know republicans don't like her you know sort of very strong trump supporters tend to really dislike her but then she gets as much grief if not more from her own party yes left and <clears throat> i think she's always been i think that's, she's all found that to be frustrating Look, they're legitimate, you know, I think you you nailed it in, in a way. That, you know, it's not about her decisions she makes. You can, I can, people can understand if you disagree with her on various issues, that's fine. But certainly she's a professional. Certainly she's, she's something like she's really never had before. And uh, but, but that that venom that goes towards her. Uh, it is more real here than it was, I think, for, for others in the past. I mean, you know, I could be really the end of Don Kachiri, but there's a real dislike for her kind of on both sides. But then there are people in the middle, I think moderate Republicans, many Democrats, um, and even folks who are not really on the Democratic side who say, I don't know, you know, we might miss what we had here uh, in, in a couple months. Uh, folks, quick break. Final segment, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 305 3585. You've seen her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health, because folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, one understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible Akai Berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, 
teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401 305 3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, just one last part about this uh, incoming Governor McKee and also outgoing Governor Gina Raimondo. You know, we, we've heard I've heard different things as to why there's been this disconnect in the camp. He's been very gracious about it when asked. But, you know, the fact that the, she basically bloomed off to the pandemic and, you know, he's having things delivered to her. Here's two things that I've heard. And I'm just wondering, number one. That, you know, she's, as you've written about, very east side of Providence. He's Blackstone Valley. She gravitates more towards like a Seth Magaziner, maybe doesn't want to give him the, the platform. But the other thing I heard was, and this one isn't wrong, is that, uh, let's face it, if this were not for 2,400 votes or right around there, this would be incoming governor, Aaron Regenberg. But Gina Raimondo, she got her people out. She did have the primary against Matt Brown. I've heard that. Some of the Raimondo people maybe felt that he McKee was a little, for whatever reason, I don't know, ungrateful and feeling that they kind of carried him over the finish line in September of, of uh, twenty eight in uh, September twenty eighteen. Do you, do you have any thought as to they definitely you know she hasn't worked with them, but any thoughts on that? Yeah. So the the first point of that is exactly right. They're just very different. They have different <laughs> friends. They run in different circles. Things are are exactly right. I, I think. They- something to be said about the politics. I think you're right. I think that the is, is that there's no way to definitively prove this. You, you know, you and I run against each other in election. Uh, if I beat you by two votes, I believe it's that's ever lived. I don't care. Get anything. And I think in this way, you know, Dan McKee would say that his strategy for beating Aaron Regenberg, sure, it was really close, but, you know, he he really got out, did a really good job of Providence. He, he got the score there in many ways, you know, had a good game, you know, for a camp was not a high campaign. Went out there and won this myself. I, to your point, I do think the governor's campaign people, you know, the, if not for our operation, which as you uh, in 2018 is a dynamite operation. They, they ran that campaign very well. Um, you know, they would say, well, having maybe a Brown governor, Aaron Regenberg governor, if not for us. So there is a little bit of just who gets the credit for people being in office. So I think there is something real to that. But we should both acknowledge to talk about it's completely silly and egotistical. Real. It is without question real. Dean McCowan, also, who will be the next lieutenant governor? We're still waiting. As I told you uh, last week, John, the two names. And I continue confident about uh, the two names I keep hearing. I still think former Central Falls Mayor James Deosa is a favorite. And then the deeper one, uh, who is no longer a sleeper in a lot of ways, is the city council president of Providence, Sabina Matos. I think it really is down to those two. You know, your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick broke the globe, broke the story that Deosa, um, that he just took a job with Brown. But when I read the story, it's only a six month commitment. Um, so it doesn't sound like him taking that job could interfere with him becoming lieutenant governor. No, I don't think it will. I mean, I, I think he's kind of that signal. I mean, look, the truth about people who leave their jobs and 
I think you and I are probably like this too. James Ciosa doesn't come from my world. Uh, you know, just got to be the mayor of Central Falls, but he's around waiting after your office. It's not like he's got a, a ton of money in his pocket. And so I think he really needed a job. I think he wants to be the lieutenant governor. There's no question about it. I think he had to kind of also think about what are my other options here. And so he went to Brown for this job that that is like you said, job. Uh, folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, the, the Boston Globe also has a story on there are certain restaurants that even though the restrictions are being lifted, they're saying this just isn't the right time. I feel for them. And they're holding off. If you could just touch on that, they're going to wait till spring to try to reopen. Yeah. The, you know, th- this has been kind of a quiet. My colleague Alexa Gagos did this because uh, there there's been a, a sort of a handful of restaurants in Providence in Providence or in Rhode Island who, uh, you know, they didn't feel like they wanted to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, go back to, uh, go, you know, they didn't feel it was safe employees, things like uh, that comes out of you, you find, and, and I think it's completely newsworthy. It's a great, it was a great story. But the, the challenge is, is that, you know, you feature the handful of restaurants who, for whatever reason, believe they can absorb having, you know, a year or six, no business and then reopen. I mean, there's a lot of people out there listening, run businesses who are like, that's, that's nice that that's your problem, but I need to reopen. So this balance, I mean, I don't think he's going to have to deal with this. Certainly Governor Raimondo has had to deal with it for a year. Uh, so it's going to be really watch over the next, I don't know, couple of months to see how restrictions loosen. Dan McGowan, you also wrote a great story in the Boston Globe, Raimondo's Education Legacy, Ambitious Agenda, But Incomplete Goals. First of all, um, I, I am surprised that the governor chose not to uh, decline to be interviewed for the story. But but just if you don't mind, just walk us through based on everyone you've talked to. I mean, as you wrote, you know, lofty goals, but a lot of times there was no follow through. And it, I, I don't I mean, I don't think it can really point to it. I know they're trying to make the Rhode Island promise kind of her legacy to the state. And that's, you know, the new speaker, Joe Sakachi. But you certainly can't point to education scores I, I not that i think but take us through that article a little bit yeah you know i, I think it's important. i think if in any other normal time i think we would all be doing a lot of scrutinizing both the governor's legacy becoming governor's kind of positions and where they stand and because of kind of how chaotic it is some of these fall education something i covered you know is near and near to my heart it's just somebody who loves to to, to pay attention to all this stuff you know, Governor Raimondo has had real wins. There's no question. I mean, whatever you think of free college, she was one of the first in the country to be that. Uh, and then, you know, became a Democratic form thing. And so certainly she could say she, she, she accomplished that. We still, jury still, that will mean for Rhode Island College. That she managed to get that done, you know, took over the city of Providence. But we haven't seen, you know, we certainly have any real success of there yet. Um, you know, she's somebody who, who set the way I, I started my story was, you know, she set this ambitious goal, third grade reading by, by 2025, you're going to have 75% of at grade level. Well, you know, she was already getting office by, by then she's leaving much earlier now. And we're about 48% currently. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to get to that 75% uh, benchmark. So people who are hesitant to criticize the governor but don't, I'm just saying but if you really take a, I think a you know a true kind of authentic look at this say there are things she's done to set uh, you know progress in motion but we still don't know I mean you and I could talk two years from now three years from now and we could think that you know the test scores really haven't gone up and the Providence schools really hasn't improved and then you're going to look back at this boy, what did she actually get done, at least on education? Uh, you know, and to your point, John, you mentioned this. She declined to be interviewed for the story. She has not talked to reporters. Obviously, you know, we all are, have a chip on our shoulder about this. I, I agree with you. I thought it was disappointing because this is one of the things she likes to talk about. Um, and so it was yeah. disappointing to have her not want to talk about it uh, with me. You know, finally, I want to just come back to um, Sabina Matos, who's someone not fully known to, to everyone, but she is the city council president of Providence. 
as much as she's being bantied about being lieutenant governor, as you report to McGowan, boy, she she certainly could be positioned to be the next mayor of Providence if that doesn't pan out. Yeah, she's she. This is her, I think her. Uh, if you were to ask her, give her truth serum, she would say the number one job she wants is mayor of Providence. Uh, she has uh, certainly been winning, and, and she's not a person of significant means, income, but uh, has loaned her camp. She is all. She has loaned her campaign uh, more than uh, more than one hundred and fifty dollars over the last couple of years, uh, just to wow. ha- just to kind of be honest. She has more money right now. She has more than two hundred thousand um, dollars in her campaign account, and you know, so so you know, uh, really, to, to a, a legitimate campaign for mayor of Providence, basically, it costs about five hundred thousand dollars. Now, some people raise more. Is kind of considered the going rate to. Raise Serious campaign for Mayor Providence. If you're almost way there, uh, you know, a, a half out, you're in pretty good shape if you're Sabina Mato. So you're exactly right. She's somebody who radar a lot as president. And Providence has, you know, Providence has really the story of Mayor Lorza is really kind of flying way under the radar. It's not as much of a, you know, a, a, just a, a major factor in in all state government the way David Neer. Um, but Sabina Matos has been the leader of the legislative branch there and uh, positioned to be a credible candidate for mayor, although she seems to be getting a serious look for lieutenant governor. Folks, each day I start the day by reading Roadmap from Dan McGowan. It's an email I get. It's free. And Dan McGowan, if you would be so kind to let the listeners know how they could receive it. No problem. Thank you, John. Uh, every day comes out Monday through Friday. Get a little bit uh analysis or, or original reporting we break a lot of roadmap um, and if you have a blank email to rinews at globe i'll know what it is rinews at globe.com uh you'll, you'll i'll sign you up on the list it's totally free and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning folks he's dan mcgowan dan great job stay safe and we'll talk to you again John, great to hear from you talk to you soon folks remember for all your tree service well you want to call yankee tree call them today 401 401- 439-6028 yankee tree service yankeetreeservice.com what can they do they do it all tree trimming experts based right in lincoln tree removal since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today 439-6028 439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com